Today's Gospel reading probably sounded familiar. It's because it's very similar to the Gospel text from Mark that we heard just two short weeks ago. This is St. Luke's version of the very same event in the life of our Lord. Jesus, in this section from Luke 21, is obviously talking to us about the end of the world. However, in the verses just prior to these, he predicts the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, something that would take place in 70 A.D., just about 40 years after his death and resurrection. And Jesus makes a direct connection between these two events. He says, in effect, look, if you want to know what it will be like at the end of the world, pay very close attention in 40 years when the Romans come in and decimate this city and tear down this beautiful temple here. That's what the end of the world will be like. So here our Lord makes a very important comparison. He compares the end of the world to the end of a world. You see, a world was about to end for the people of Jerusalem. A world in which they were able to worship God freely in his sacred dwelling place. That world would come to an end very abrupt end when Titus and the Roman army set fire to the temple and tore it down. Thought occurred to me earlier this week. We have the same type of experience in our lives all the time, whether we are conscious of it or not. Just as the people of Jerusalem experienced the end of a world when their temple was destroyed, so too for us Worlds come to an end constantly. Sometimes the end of a world will take the form of a tragedy that comes our way. At other times, thanks be to God, it will take the form of a great blessing. For example, those of you who will graduate from high school or college next spring, you will experience the end of a world on the day you get your diploma. That will be the end of your world in that particular school. The day somebody gets married, they experience the end of a world, the end of a life lived as a single person. Some, of course, might look back on their wedding day and say it was the end of the world. <laughs> but that's another story. We won't get into that in this homily today. When you have a child, it's the end of a world. Every once in a while, a parent will say to me, you know, Father Ray, once you have a child, Everything is different. Your world changes immediately. Or how about when a person is diagnosed with a serious illness? That's certainly the end of a world. It's the end of a world of good health. My mom died of cancer. Many of you know that. When she got cancer, I remember her saying to me many times, once you're diagnosed with this disease, your life changes. Your perspective on everything is different. I can certainly say the same thing about Parkinson's disease. Many of you can say it about serious ailments that you're dealing with at the present time. And what about the death of a loved one, somebody close to us? Whenever someone we love dies, in a very sen real sense, a world comes to an end. A world that included that particular person. I think it should be clear by now, the end of 
our world signifies any major change that we experience on this earth. And since we all experience changes constantly, worlds end for us constantly. So what's the best way to deal with the end of a world? What's the best way, in other words, to prepare for the major changes of life? Believe it or not, the answer is found in today's Gospel text about the end of the world. Jesus implies here that at the end of time, at the end of all things, there would be two groups of people. There will be those who are filled with fear and those who will hold their heads high. That is to say, those who will be filled with faith. I don't think I have to tell you what group I want to be a part of. I'm sure it's the same one you want to be a part of. Then our Lord adds here, he says, Be on guard, lest your spirits become bloated with indulgence and drunkenness and worldly cares. The great day will suddenly close in on you like a trap. So here we see what separates the fearful from the rest. On Judgment Day, the fearful people will be those who have lived lives of self-indulgence and sin and who haven't repented. The day of the Lord will close on them like a trap. But those who have taken their faith seriously will be able to hold their heads high. So Jesus says, be on guard always. This, by the way, is why the Church encourages us to examine our consciences every day and to go to confession regularly. Hopefully we'll, we will all make the effort to get to the Sacrament of Reconciliation sometime during this sacred season of Advent. Basically, our Lord's telling us here that the best way to be ready for the end of the world is to live in faith, to make our Catholic Christian faith the center of our lives, our number one priority in life. But that's also what we need to do to prepare for the major changes of life, for the ends of those individual worlds that each of us lives in. I was reminded of this the other day when I ran into a doctor friend of mine at Lux Fitness Center up on Granite Street. He had just finished exercising on the treadmill and he was about to leave. I caught him before he got out the door. We had a beautiful conversation. Several years ago, this man was diagnosed with lung cancer. He's been going through some heavy-duty treatments ever since, pretty much nonstop. It's been a long road. It's been a rough road for this man battling this disease. But his faith praise God, is stronger than ever. That became very clear to me during our discussion that afternoon. He said to me at one point, You know, Father Ray, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I was angry. I admit it, I was angry. The Lord took everything away through this disease, everything I enjoyed doing. For a while, he took away my voice so I couldn't teach the gospel like I used to took away my work, which I loved. I had to retire. I couldn't run marathons anymore like I once did. In fact, I ended up not being able to run at all. That was the doctor's way of saying, a world ended for me several years ago. It ended on the day the doctor said to me those devastating words, you have cancer. It was a world, a world of good health, a world of earthly fulfillment that I was blessed to have lived in for a significant portion of my life. But that world was gone forever.
And yet, thankfully and amazingly, this doctor never gave up on God, never stopped trusting Jesus. Instead, he faced his anger, he dealt with it, and he moved past it. And in the process, he's come to an even deeper level of faith. His love for the Lord has grown stronger, and he thanks God for many things. Thanks God for giving him back his voice. As he said the other day, Father A, it's not perfect, but it's good enough. And he's grateful he's still able to get some exercise by walking the treadmill there at the gym. His final words to me as he left that day were, Father A, God is good. He said those words with a big smile on his face. That, I would say, is a very good example of how a believer, a true believer, deals with the end of a world, any world. He deals with it in faith and with God, which is precisely how true believers will deal with the end of the world whenever it comes.